Money Fitness Show. Conversations to help optimize the present moment and maximize your future potential. Hello, welcome to episode 59 of the Matt Marley Fitness Show. I hope you're doing well, guys. On today's episode, I speak to Vicky Marks, aka Vicky PT. Vicky's been in the industry 20 years. She's studied extensively, but she's also put in the work on the gym floor, so she knows how to practically apply the theory. Vicky talks very honestly in this chat about her own challenges as a teenager and how these challenges have helped shape the trainer she is today. In fact, this is culminated in Vicky's online platform, which she uses to empower and educate women and has created a really valuable community. Look, we talk about all sorts of stuff in this conversation, the fitness industry, pros and cons of certain nutritional protocols, lots of tips and advice. Enjoy. Vicky, welcome to the show. How are you? I am very good. I'm very excited. I love it. I can't so wait for chat. <laughs> now, I think we should let listeners know that, that normally, you know, when you do this podcast game, you, you might have a discovery call or you might hop on, might you, 10 minutes before and have a chat, but you're a very busy person. So we've exchanged a couple of messages and literally, yeah. just so the listeners know, I've literally just met you. Like about one minute. So this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is as authentic a conversation as you're ever going to get. Two fitness Love professionals, it. but I will confess, I have slightly stalked you on Instagram and listened to your podcast. So I feel like I know you a little bit anyway. I love it. There you go. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Before we kick off, why don't you just introduce yourself to listeners? Who is Vicky and why is she here? Amazing. This is super exciting. I love an off-the-cuff conversation, so we're <laughs> going to have a good time. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm Vicky. I'm more commonly known as Vicky PT, probably. Um, I'm from a little village in Essex in the UK, and I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years now. So a really, really long time. It is my passion. I love it. Like, I swear it's the kind of reason I was put on this planet is to help people with their wellness and help people live a more, you know, abundant life. So um, I run an online membership site for women. I work from my little gym in Essex next to my house, um, which I love. Um, and yeah, I've got two children, nine and seven. Had to think about that one then. Um, so it's a busy life. Busy life. Now, I have to say, so I've also been in the industry 20 years. So 20, 20, 20, uh, 2002, I did my PT qual and then kind of came in the industry. And it was one of the things that drew me to you because I, I saw your podcast on, it was something like your podcast got nominated alongside mine. It was like Temple Gym Podcast, UK yeah. Podcast of the Year. And I saw this podcast and I thought, who is this Vicky? So I reached out and I had a listen and I heard that you'd pretty much been around a similar time to me, which is rare. You've kind of earned and learned your position in the fitness industry you yes. used to clean, uh, clean gym equipment like me i heard that the other day when i was thinking get in there days of yeah. level two gym instructor clean equipment so totally respect that the fact that you've been in the industry for a while I, I, that really drew me to you but before we moved into kind of like you know our experiences in the industry etc i didn't know if you wouldn't mind just touching on because what i find really powerful about your story is your You've been in the game a while, so you, you understand, you've studied, and we'll talk about that. But you've earned your experience, i.e. You've, yes. you've faced challenges that a lot of our clients face. And particularly the area, the age when you're between 14 and 17, I find that yes. really quite inspiring, actually. So I wouldn't mind if you wouldn't just telling listeners kind of what happened to you during that period. Yeah, and it's definitely something I haven't, I haven't spoke about in depth on my podcast yet but the other day I um I don't know if you listened to this one where I was talking about mental illness and mental health and I was like and there's a huge difference and I was like and I have experience in this and I want to talk about it but it's it's been a long time where I didn't really want to talk about it I was like maybe this is not what someone like what people want to hear maybe people don't want to hear this stuff but as I've kind of grown as a human being I realized that actually it's a massive part of my story and it's a massive part of what makes me good with working with women. 100%. So 
I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to do a really raw podcast on it. But between the age of 14 and 17, I had a very bumpy ride. I was going through all the hormonal stuff that I think um, probably every female goes through between those ages, but throw in some, some trauma as a child and throw in some absolute needs of being a perfectionist and needs to be um, in control of my life. And I think I found I was out of control in so many things I needed to control one. And that was with myself. And I was clinically diagnosed with anorexia um, at 14. And I was another human being like, and people that have gone through mentally illness will understand this, that I was almost battling with someone internally. Like I didn't want to do this stuff. Like it was never about um, what I weighed or what I looked like. It was just this absolute desire to control my life and to control the people around me. So it was like, I have the rules in my life. I own my body. I own everything about me and I'm going to show you all that I do. So it's kind of where it came from. And Mm -hmm. It was like this person was just inside of me going, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And this is what's going to happen. And, and it was a really troublesome time. And it was quite a fast decline. And I remember it happening on a two-week holiday where my, I, I remember saying to my mum on the phone, my brain has gone bang. You're going to have to get me home. And I remember her saying, I don't really understand what you mean, Vicky. And I'm like, just believe me that my brain is not right and I have to come home and 14 you know a teenager I'm sure a lot of parents will go what on earth is she talking about now like what what is she going on about so no one really believed me I don't think so it frustrated me and probably spurred me on that little bit more um, that no one would listen to what was going on so then I came home I think I went on this holiday um kind of a an average size 12 um came home a size eight (laughs) and I'm in two weeks like I was pretty determined that I would come back to make an impact to show people that I was not feeling well inside of myself and um and yeah and it kind of went on from there and it did get a lot worse um and I was seeing lots of different I was obviously a child because I was under a certain age so I was under psychiatrists and all sorts of clinical nurses. and um, But it, I think the determined side of myself and my brain, one day a nurse said, I, I just don't know what to do with you now, Vicky, we're going to have to put you in hospital. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. So I walked away and that was kind of where my journey started to get better. And yeah. honestly, I was the only one that could heal myself. And I was the only one that could take the action to, to get better and to heal. And that's what I did. And kind of between 15 and 17 is when that time came. And I learned so much about myself. And I learned how resilient I was, how determined I was. The drive I had to get better was um, like, I didn't even know it was in me sort of thing. So um, I learned a lot in that time, a lot. And um it was quite a pinnacle time in my life. And I do believe that it has kind of made me the coach that I am today. And I do, I am nothing but grateful for that time because it changed me as a person. And I think for the better. Can I, can I just say, by the way, so listeners know, I I had listened to your podcast and I knew there were some issues around the sort of eating, but that was powerful. That's the, I I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't didn't know that you dealt with anorexia. Yeah. That's huge. And, having been in the industry and worked on exercise referral schemes and just, you know, yeah. being, being around the mental health space, that that's, uh, wow. I, I, I don't have to put this, but I mean, I, my limited experience of anorexia nervosa and people yeah. that have experienced it, like you don't show any signs. It kind of, it has a legacy, doesn't it? Even when people recover. So uh, kudos yeah. to you. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that, it was that, it was that uh, powerful. So you, you face challenges early in your life. So you're already yeah. showing a bit of resilience. So yeah. Let's start talking about when you came into the fitness industry because yeah. you, you, you came in, I think you, you said uh, from the podcast, you were doing your A-levels, you thought, like, I'm not going off to uni. You came into the fitness industry and 
You started off as a cardio queen. Am I right in saying that? You were. I did. Yeah. Oh my God. I did. I was jumping around an aerobic studio for however many hours a week. And it's kind of when my learning journey started, really. Like, I always say I've dabbled in it all because I really have. I have dabbled in it all. And it didn't do good things for me. Like, <laughs> it was another big learning in my life that where I basically realized I was quite good at this aerobic stuff. So, I just ended up doing too much of it because I just loved it. And Didn't everyone you else loved it. I listened to your podcast every week. You did 26 classes a week. Now, when I heard that, I know, actually, I was driving and I, I just did, did, my math is not brilliant, but I calculated in my head, I'm like, my God, that's insane. Now, <laughs> it's insane. I have a confession. I am ETM qualified, right? So I can flick a great one out. During lockdown in Dubai, I was teaching... I'm not even joking, Vicky. I was teaching online aerobics classes. Was you? I for, love for that. People, I know, people who are in Dubai, it's, like, it's just dancing, put a bit of banging house music on and dance around. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. 20, 26 classes. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Even if that's five days a week, that's like over five hours of cardio. Now, I'm just thinking now, like, I mean, and again, I only knew about your early, that, that 15 to 17 or 14 to 17, I didn't realise yeah. the extent. Perhaps I don't know, like I'm no therapist, but that's perhaps a hangover from that experience, you know, because we know what yes. the cardio and, and a lot of reasons our clients are, are overtraining yes. and doing cardio. Amazing. So you were teaching exercise to music. Were you teaching Zumba? What, what, was, what were you up to during these classes? Yeah. A bit of everything, if I'm honest. Like I did everything. And I, the dancey side of things, I even surprise myself now because I'm like, get me on a dance floor now. And I'm not that woman I used to be. I'm like, how do I ever dance? I can't dance. But um, I did it all. And I think there was times where I, where some uh, gym in Essex had to, had to move me to their sports hall because we had a hundred people turn up to a class. And I was like, either I'm really good at this or like, I was like, what's going on here? Like a hundred people have turned up to my class. Um, so I kind of got a buzz from it and yeah. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that part of my life as well. It taught me so many things and, you know, I think you've heard me talk about um, how I then gave myself adrenal fatigue and yeah, yes, actually, then I was yeah. on the floor again. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just about to ask actually because obviously you would, you would, I mean, I know I still have friends working in the industry who are, you know, teaching all the Les Mills and there, there's, there's definitely, you know, running on caffeine all day and it's kind yeah. of so just to describe to the listeners you know adrenal fatigue is pretty extreme but 26 classes a week is pretty extreme you're kind of redlining the the gas tank there i mean 100 when did it when did it dawn on you when did the light the red lights on the dashboard start flashing in terms of this amount of cardiovascular high intense activity so i went on a training course um because it was all, the penny was starting to drop and I was like, geez, I don't know how many more of these I can do a week. I'm not earning much money here. Like, <laughs> I was going to say. The <laughs> how the hell am I going to earn more money and do more of this? Because I can't. Yeah. Like, I physically can't. So someone said to me in a gym that I was in, and I remember the day he said it to me, he gave me, he pulled up his phone and he said, do you know what? You should go and do some, some pull check courses and you should become a personal trainer. And I was like, what, who's Paul Check? <laughs> and, um, and he showed Only the me, godfather. Only the godfather. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he said, here, here's, um, here's Paul Check. Go and do one of his courses. So typical me, looked at it. Oh, this looks good. Booked it. I was like, I'll go on it. And um, I went on the course and they spoke about, you know, adrenal fatigue. And um, one of the coaches there was like, Vicky, I think you have adrenal fatigue. He was like, I was tired. I had bags. I had all the signs of adrenal fatigue. I, right. Without knowing what actual adrenal fatigue was, I was literally crawling around the place. So I was knackered. And um, he said, you might not have it to the, exact, to the extreme. He said, but yeah. you are completely worn out. Like you, your whole system is worn out. And some of the symptoms I was having, definitely. And... Um, and then I actually started going to see that coach in London every six weeks. And he was like my mentor, I guess. And right. before I knew it, I'd gone from 26 classes to nine. And it was one of the hardest things I ever did because I was like, 
well, I've got to earn some money here as well. But I'd done a course so I could transfer that into starting my personal training career. And that's when I switched. And I was like 26 classes down to nine. And oh my goodness, I felt my body just like my battery tank just filling back up again. And I was like, ah, okay, I've learned from this one as well. (laughs) So this is, did you travel to California? Because I I listened to one of the podcasts and and I was going to ask you about your training because you've been in, I've I've pretty much done, I haven't done any Czech Institute stuff, but did you, did you, uh, did you go through the levels there or did you do level one Czech practitioner or? Yes, I I started off with exercise coach, which I loved. And I did Mm. that in this country in Eastbourne. Um, And then I did HLC one and two, and I was really, really lucky to do HLC two with Paul Check and wow. um, a doctor that he works with came and did it as well. It was one of the most phenomenal experiences, and you just can't get that experience from Paul Check anymore. Like he doesn't do no, that anymore. No, so I'm no. really, 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 really honoured that I got to do that course with him, and um, I did both HLC one and two in this country. And then I flew to California and did the golf biomechanic um, course right. in California. Um, again, with one of Paul Check's golf coaches, but obviously it was in his institute. So it was great to be around his surroundings and to see how he trains people. It was yeah. pretty cool that you got to watch him in the gym, on the gym floor. Um, and then I did Czech Practitioner One as well, but I did that in Sweden randomly. Right. I mean, for those that don't know Paul Cech is, he's an incredible individual. And I mean, yes. he's, he's scope thinking. I mean, when we talk about, if you talk about the fitness industry, we think about thinking outside the box. Paul Cech doesn't think outside the box. He thinks outside the warehouse that the boxes are 100%. in. It's, it's kind of, I mean, the guy, the guy, I listened to him, I've listened to him on many a podcast. I've listened to his podcast. And I mean, he goes, I mean, he just goes, doesn't he? He, go, he can go to different yes. stratospheres, literally. So you did Which check- he literally did. <laughs> when we were on HLC2, we, got, we had to get there at 8 a.m. in the morning because he wanted us there at 8 a.m. Right. And by 9 p.m., we were all begging him to leave, that we could go home. Because <laughs> yeah. we were like, mate, you've blown our mind all day and now we need to leave. It's 9 p.m. Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the guy has, I mean, I, I've, I've listened to Paul Check on podcasts with, with bright individuals in the space who I respect and I respect their critical yeah. thinking. And when Paul Check goes, He's just gone. gone. And you hear yeah. silence at the other end of the mic, the other person is with him, because it's just like, but he, but it's not like Paul Cech, he's, he's lived it. I mean, we're talking uh, shamanic journeys. He's kind of ayahuasca. I mean, he goes into all realms. I mean, you talk to, listen to Paul Cech talk about God. It's just, but let's not, let's not confuse the, the, uh, the listeners. Paul Cech is the godfather of the health and fitness space, pretty much. He um, is, he is. So, I mean, he has, I think, like I've got a very open mind. Like mm. I was not ready to shave my head and become a pool check. Um, <laughs> like I was, I went and did a lot of Charles Poliquin stuff. I did Poliquin I, stuff as well. Fantastic. I did. And yeah. honestly, the Charles Poliquin training side of things is my favorite. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I love it. But I now just, there's so many courses that I've done now. I just pick out of all of them and, and I think you've heard me talk about my toolbox <laughs> on my podcast. And I feel like I've just drawn it all into my toolbox and I've kicked out some of the stuff that perhaps didn't suit me. And yeah. I think that's the cool thing about education is it doesn't have to be a certain way. Like you don't have to go on a course and that, that's what you are. Like you go on a course, you pick one thing that you absolutely loved and you bring it back and you use it. And then you go on another one and you bring it back and you use it. And that's kind of how I've built my toolbox over the years. And I think it's you hitting the nail on the head. I think, you know, the longer you're in the industry, when you've been around, if you stay in the industry, then you do go on courses and yeah. the science changes and you're just a bit more open-minded. You know, there's only so much information you can use. But I think the nice thing about knowing a lot of stuff is you realise you don't know a lot. So the more I've learned, the Definitely. more open-minded, the less I know. But equally the more varied, I mean, for me, you know, Plytus teacher, PT, the meditation aspects of my teaching, it just kind of helps you, like you say, just connect some dots, uh, serve yeah. up stuff that's, that's uh, and also not be put off by stuff that sometimes, you know, there are certain, as you know, the social media world are in fitness, like politics and nutrition, even the movement world has become quite polarized yeah. and dogmatic. And it's kind of like, but you know what? 
there's something called the placebo effect and people go, oh, right, is there? So, yeah, so language is powerful. And if someone believes that drawing your yeah. belly button in towards your, you know, belly button to, to navel before you do a lap pull down is going to help, it's okay. You don't have to tell them that it's wrong and the science says it doesn't protect your back. It's Definitely just, not. It's yes. just about staying open-minded. So you did your, did your check training, did your polyquine training. So let's talk about your transition yeah. uh, from cardio queen, adrenal fatigue, yeah. To yeah. your 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 journey in personal training and kind of yeah. where it's led to kind of today because I know again another thing that I identify with is that you spent thirteen years in a gym sort yeah. of and I had a very similar experience. It's what I mean about when I listen to you resonate. I was my gym was part of an orthopedic clinic, so I was in the Blackbury Orthopedic Clinic, but I run the gym and I was there for, I was manager for twelve years, so we had the rehab stuff. Oh, was, cool! And it was like sounds like a, a not a not a big box gym. It sounds like a smaller gym where you get licensed yes. to yeah so just talk to us about those experiences yeah so I, I worked within a country club so it was a golf and country club which probably people would even even in Dubai would probably recognize because it's quite well known in in Essex in this country really which is called Five Lakes which you've probably heard of oh okay yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. in the countryside actually it, it's like this big building which is plonked in the middle of a field in like in the middle of nowhere but I, I love that place and a bit of my heart is definitely going to be there forever because it, it's what I built my business there and um, I learned so much there from other, uh, in the early days, from other personal trainers. There were, it, it was just me for a very long time, but when there was other people there, I learned from them. I watched people on the gym floor. I cleaned the treadmills. I cleaned all the stuff. Um, you know, I learned from actual real people, um, which I think is a massive part of a personal training journey. I think a lot of people think it's about your love for fitness when I think a lot of personal trainers have to heard, uh, learn the hard way that actually it's nothing to do with you and it's everything to do with other people. And every single person you come across is different and will have a different ailment or a different body shape or a different kind of structural setup to their body. And you have to learn these things as you go along and you have to learn that other people don't like exercise and you need to try and help them to love exercise, which is a big thing. Don't it's you find? Massive. I'm just nodding away here. I mean, the first thing I rewind a little and just say the journey of a personal trainer. So, so like you, so I did my, my, PT qual, whatever. I did my sports science degree, but ended up working advertising. I was a desk jockey for a few years. Realised I didn't, want to, do that. I didn't want to do that forever. So I went back in the fitness industry and did like my, my premier training thing or whatever yeah. it was, you know, yeah. level three job. But when I started in the gym, I did, I was cleaning equipment. So I was, I was doing, yeah. there was some PT, but I was inducting people. Yes. It's kind of gone. And people don't realise it. Yeah. Gym inductions are like, actually, I'm learning my trade. I'm learning my, my pitch. I'm learning to, to pronounce these muscles, talk about energy systems, describe our kit work, learn about people. And exactly what you said, understand people's belief systems. And yes. one of the biggest challenges I, I still I face with more of my friends is that, Matt, it's not people's priorities are different. Yes. So I think I forget sometimes. I think that yes. everyone should love exercise. So I talk about we're going to Turkey on holiday, me and my wife. Right? So I chat to people. I go, yeah, we're going here. Then we're going there. All I've asked is that there's a gym. In most of the, that's all I ask my wife, right? If, if there's a gym, you can book yeah. a hotel. And people look at me and they're like, well, are you going on any trips? But I forget, it's not people's priorities. Other people prioritize other stuff, 100%. And belief systems. So yeah. people's belief systems and people's age and previous experience, you know, yeah. not, not to poo-poo on another trainer because someone comes to you with a set of beliefs around what works and what doesn't work. So, yeah, 100% agree with you there. So you, you're in you're in the um, say five lakes. I was in five lakes. You're yeah. in five lakes. So you were there. So you so you're growing and learning and like we all do. Are you still are you still flicking some grapevines out of five lakes? Are you still no? Never. Are you not? Never you're not, again. You're not doing, oh. Never again will I grapevine. I'm afraid. <laughs> if you don't say that. Do not say. Never say never. If you're needed, the world it, might need. It might need a dance class. Vicky PT will have to no step what? up. If people were like, if you don't teach this grapevine, like bad things are going to happen, I would do it for the greater good. But you, you would do it for your community, surely, Vicky. 
would do it for your community because they're a tight knit community. If they said, Vicky, we want to experience a little bit of this this dancing fun stuff, then never say <laughs> never. So, so you're working you're working full time in in the gym. So you're you're obviously lifting and uh, yeah, yeah. Just talk us through that experience. Yeah. So I, I then I started dabbling in in the resistance training world, and you know, there's lots of signs, lots of people saying from like another personal trainer or I started reading things and the courses I was going on was like weights, 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 lift weights. And I just, obviously I was seeing my mentor in London as well. And he was writing me programs that were all heavily resistance training. And, um, you know, I, I, I did lots of German volume training, lots of, lots of like slow tempo stuff. I got, and then I just got absolutely hooked. I was like, why have I never done this before in my life? Like my body changed like I'd never seen it change before. I felt so good about myself, which we all know from what I spoke about earlier, like that was a big mm. journey for me, finding it, like yeah. that love for myself. And, um, and I wasn't knackered. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm lifting weights like five or six times a week. and. I feel great. I don't feel knackered. Like, this is good. And it was just a revelation to me. And then I just kept learning and kept learning and kept learning and trying things. And obviously the Charles Poliquin stuff was brilliant for me and all the kind of German body composition stuff. Um, And I just loved it. And that's what I continued to do. And I started using it on lots of my clients and, all of a sudden they, their results were just getting better and better and better and they were feeling better and their injuries were going away. And I was like, hang on a minute here, like this is cool. So that's when I kind of developed more and more into the resistance training world. Yeah, So and you still apply. I mean, we, we'll get on to your online subscription yeah. and how it works for, for females. But um, in terms of your own experience of training, do, do you still, are you still uh, using these advanced methods? Um, yes. Have, have you got no time for three sets of 10, Vicky? Do you know what? You don't like machines, do you, Eva? Do you not I'm like not, machines? I'm not a machine girl. I've never really <laughs> been a machine girl. I, I love a good front squat. I love a deadlift. I love a lunge. I love all that stuff. Um, I've, recently, I've been dabbling in a bit of CrossFit. I've I've seen, I saw that pop up on Instagram. I thought, hang I've been enjoying She's that. Tossing a kettlebell above her head. Yeah, I just think I, I needed, I love my little gym here. I absolutely love it. But you know when you hold a space for someone mm. however many hours a week and you're in there all the time and on your own, um, I needed to go somewhere where I could throw some heavy stuff around with other people. <laughs> and... I couldn't find anywhere locally that I really wanted to do that. Every gym that I went into, I just didn't enjoy. There was just a lot of people. I I can't help but watch people when I'm in a gym now. I can't help it. You're probably the same. I'm like, I just want to go and talk to that person about how they could just lift that a little bit differently. Or I just want to go and tell that woman that she could be doing it better. Or I just want to. So I was like, right, get out of that environment. That's Mm -hmm. not going to work for you. Yeah. And then I found a little CrossFit gym, very small, near my house, eight minutes down the road with the wackiest but most experienced CrossFit coach in there. And, you know, he's done it all his life. He's in his 50s. He's like me and you, you know, he's learned through experience. Like he will always say, I haven't done all the fancy courses. I've just learned from being an athlete. And he was the one of the first ever CrossFit athletes and he's been a bodybuilder and he's been a cardio king. He's done it all. And um, I loved it. I walked in and I was like, this is for me. And I don't always do the CrossFit stuff. I sometimes go, I'm just going to go and do my thing in the corner. Um, But it's always weights for me, always weights. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so for me, when when you, you brought up CrossFit, so as you know, in this industry, there are camps and there are tribes and, and yeah. every time I'll deliver, so I've been doing the education stuff for years. You stand in front of a, a group of, you know, trainee, personal trainers. They, most of them are coming armed with lots of information. Now I've noticed that in the industry because of Instagram, because of YouTube yes. and CrossFit kind of, you know, it gets a bad reputation in some circles. 
So I actually brought a guy on, a guy called Craig, who's based here in Dubai, and I've never done CrossFit. I've, I've yeah. thrown a couple of bars above my head and then yeah. did squat. Yeah, it's fine. I had a conversation with him, and it's just, this is what it's about, about being open-minded. And I would say it's easy to criticise CrossFit. Oh, they do this yeah. and kipping pull-ups and they get injured yeah. and all this. You know, you shouldn't be doing lots and lots of volume of snatches when you're fatigued. But tribe, community, that's, yes. we are desperately lacking that in the modern world. In the last two years, particularly yeah. in the UK, because you guys have had it hardcore, I'm telling you, Vicky. Hardcore. We're, we're going to talk about that. But that lack of connection with people. Yeah. Fundamentally, like, say I've had people that do CrossFit who criticize bodybuilding. And I've got friends yeah. with bodybuilders. And you know what? I go, do you know what? Those bodybuilders, when you're talking extreme ends, if someone's going into the gym and they're, they're, you know, they're using machines and it's all about vanity, I go, do you know what? Are they going to the gym? But yeah, they are. Their health markers are probably improving. Their insulin sensitivity is improving. Lean tissue yeah. mass, you know, lean uh, mass is going to protect joints. Et but are they going to the gym? Yes, they are. And yeah. I, again, this goes back to kind of levels of expectation. Like my, my priority is about I think we forget because we are all day with people that are training, while standing in reformer classes, PTing, and it's just and you forget that most people are doing nothing. It exactly. It's like me and you. We, we're following each other on Instagram. I'm talking to you now. I always talk to people about exercise. Like the majority of people are not doing anything. So I know. And this is, and I think you know it. The whole social media world, like you know yourself, new clients come to you now, and they're. You know, trainee Pilates teachers that arrive on courses now that I teach, and they're like, they're already confused. They're just learning the yeah. course. They're already confused because they've got these camps that are going to war on social media about this is wrong and this is right, and it's kind of just like, yeah, horses for courses. And and you know, unfortunately, that's the way the industry is. I don't know how we're going to change it. Maybe if we get rid of Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know, just a thought. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Change the business model. Honestly, yeah. I've, got, I've got a book recommendation for you. I'm obsessing about this at the moment. About yeah. this whole stuff. Yeah, I'm teaching corporate well-being stuff, attention and focus. Johan Hari, Stolen Focus. My listeners are getting okay. bored of this. I'm gonna, it, I'll pull it up on my Audible and it'll oh, go on. All over. Are you like me? Yeah, listen to Audible when you travel. It needs places. to go in my ears. Yeah, if, I'm the same. If it's in I'm front of my eyes, it can't happen. No, I fall asleep. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Audible. Johan Hari, Stolen Focus. And just talking about it's, it's digital addiction, it's all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I've gone off track. So, right, so we're in the gym with strength training. What would you say, just to describe it to listeners, because what I, I, I totally respect about you is your journey, but also equally what you faced early on. I didn't know that, by yeah. the way. I, I didn't know you'd faced that big a challenge. Incredible. Actually, Incredible. You've got an exclusive there because I don't no. think anyone knows that. So it's, but it's going to be, I'm going to do it as a whole podcast because I think people need to hear that story. 100% because it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, they, they can still, I mean, for me, I talk regularly about my challenges with my mental health and I forget yeah. that, you know, uh, you know, that's when I teach meditation courses. People look at me. I went to, because um, we're just two fitness, but I stood at, I went to the UAE Fitness Summit a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I yeah, got invited nice. as a guest speaker. So I stood up there on stage. Love that. Well <laughs> I, got, I got invited there, but I was talking about meditation. So you can imagine you've got a room of, of personal trainers sitting there. Some of them, some of them are a bit suspect. The amount of lean mass going on that you're going, hang <laughs> yeah. about, what's going on here? Anyway, this, this bloke from South London, this bloke from an estate in South London bowls up, goes, oh, how are you doing? Going to talk about meditation and also my mental health. I had a bit of anxiety and I struggled. You can see him looking at me going, you ain't supposed to say that. Oh, yes, I just yeah. did. Anyway, yeah. I, the point I'm trying to make is that I forget that people are not, there's still a stigma attached around this stuff. And I think I was trying to say, when I was up on stage, that our role as personal trainers now is changing. As fitness professionals, Definitely. it's the well-being space. It's like we should be able to signpost people out. And the point I'm trying to make is that your story, I just heard it, is incredible because that is a challenging. Yes. I mean, my, my limited exposure to anorexia nervosa is that is, that is a challenging thing to come through. And yeah. the way, to have come through that and be where you are now Yes. Absolutely no sign of legacy, I think, is, is very, very impressive. Um, really is. So Thank you. And if, I do think, as well, going back to kind of trainers and that stigma around trainers, like, I do sometimes think that people think we're robots. Like, we don't have mental health stuff. Like, we just love exercise. We're just born disciplined. We have this motivation that's just there every morning. Like, we just wake up with it. Like, our bodies are genetically gifted like, I think there's all this stigma to a personal trainer, but actually, 
when you strip back the good ones, there's a good story behind them. And it's the reason as to why they are so passionate about helping people. And I think 100%. the stigma needs to be ripped away, really. Yeah, 100%. But if you had uh, females listening, I mean, I bang on it about, about resistance training a lot on this podcast, yeah. and I've had females talk about it. But if you were to describe, just for listeners, that I mean, obviously you've had huge benefits, and we'll talk about your online programs yeah. in a bit. But what you've experienced in terms of what what lifting weights, lifting a bit of tin, as they might say in Essex, has done for Vicky Marks? What has lifting a bit of tin done for you? Well, I think everyone looks at it as like, oh, yeah, you, you build muscle. And women get scared of that because they're like, well, I don't want to look like uh, Mrs. Hulk by next week. And you're like, if it was that easy, right? If it was that easy to gain that muscle. So everyone sees it from that aesthetic point of view. but for me, like, it's empowering. I think it brings out a confidence in women like no other form of exercise. Like, they actually start to like the feel of their body. <laughs> like, I know that sounds really weird. But no, no, I get like, it 100%. I get it 100%. That feeling of going from not liking the way they feel in their body from a, a physical point of view, like, oh, why is this squishy? Like, why to actually going, oh, I'm building a bit of muscle and I actually like it. So actually finding a love for themselves. And the biggest thing about weight training is I think the measurable progress you can see. So like I can lift a bit heavier. Um, my technique's getting better. There's so many things you can measure when you weight train. Yeah. I, I'm not getting as injured as much. I'm more, I'm more mobile, which sometimes people are like more mobile, but yeah. it brings more mobility. Like there's all this 100%. cool stuff that comes with weight training. And, of course, I think it just makes women feel like a badass. I do. Yeah, and I think it's the messaging. And, it's, and again, I think we forget. We, we assume everybody knows this, but yeah. we see it. You'll see it in Essex. I still, not maybe not now in Dubai, it's 44 degrees outside. So everyone's on a treadmill oh inside. Oh, my God. It's a bit too, it's, it's just become summer, though, Vicky. So it's a, bit, it's a bit too, it's too much. It's too much. But we get a bit accustomed to it. But we see people running around, don't we? And, and, and sadly, it's still a thing. People assume... I'm going to do cardiovascular training. I'm going to run. And what's your why? My why is as a tool to lose weight. And you're like, it's a tool to assist in this. But, and I, I reference this uh, every time I say, okay, in terms of just energy balance, 80 kilogram man, me, run to 5K, yeah. I burn 500 calories, right? That's yeah. roughly what I'm going to burn. 3,500 calories equates roughly, I know it's not an exact science, but that's what we've got, equates to one or two pounds of body fat. So if I'm using running, and that's it. That's all yeah. I'm changing. I'm using running as a tool to lose weight. I'm going to have to run a 5K every day. And then I've got the whole adaptation, evolutionary thing. Your body will adapt to running, make you more energy efficient. The difference yeah. with weight training is you get all the other benefits. Resting metabolic rate goes up, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But the evolutionary uh, adaptation to lifting weights is your body goes, yeah. I don't know what Vicky's up to today. Doesn't know you're in the gym lifting weights. It goes, she keeps yeah. lifting heavy stuff for survival. I'll tell you what, we're going to save energy. We're going to make Vicky stronger. We're going to build bigger yeah. muscles. And I long love term, that. And long, I long love term, that explanation. And long term. And it is from an evolutionary standpoint. It just, it just people, they go, oh, okay, I'm going to get more efficient. And that's not to say don't do cardiovascular training because, oh. because you know, cognitively, brain function, BDNF, the, the, the type of fertilizer of your brain, most important muscle in your body, your ticker, your heart. I get it. You want to yeah. do a bit of cardio. So, I mean, I've been, I, I've been doing a bit. I've been doing a bit of cardio. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't rule it out. Like I, like, I love walking out like I've, you know, I love a bit of cardio as well. But it's, balance, I think, is a, is a good word there, isn't it? And it's like you say, it's not, it's not punishing yourself and it's your reason for doing yeah. it. So, for yeah. me, I'll share, I'll share now my experience. So, I've got – now, I've I'm, I've got six weeks off in the summer, right? I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Love it. It's, to be honest, Vicky, it's a bit of a Dubai thing. It's a bit trans transitory because everyone goes away for the summer. My wife's a school teacher. So I've decided yeah. this year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the six off. It's ridiculous, I right? I love that. So That's gonna, amazing. <laughs> I know it is. And I don't say that to – I say it because it's so novel. I've like never had six weeks off. Like my wife said to me when we first came in, I was like, I'm going to have six weeks off. She forgot as a teacher. She went, well, didn't you do that in the UK? I'd be like, no, we used to go to Greece for 10 days. 
come back. And they come back. I'd go work. You just uh, and see your friends. Now, not knocking teachers. My wife's a teacher, and they work really hard, and they want the time off. Yeah. Anyway, but as a result of it, I've actually I've been doing a bit more cardio. I've got six weeks away. I've got Turkey on holiday. I'm back in the UK. I'm Love gonna be it. Food. But what I've done is I've decided I'm gonna create a bit of a deficit short term, just mentally for me. Yeah. I, and I'm doing a bit of cardio because they help. I'm lifting weights I normally do. But guess what? I've had to make committed action and change around my nutrition. I've had to do it. I'm not depriving yeah. myself of stuff, but I've had to implement stuff. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just went off on a ramble. I've just drunk a massively strong coffee, so I apologise, Vicky. Um, um, <laughs> I, I think like, going to that, though, I think it's all right to ramp it up and slow it down. And I think this is what I try and say to all of my kind of community all the time. It's like, it's okay to step back a bit and go, do you know what? I'm just going to go 50% at everything because I really want to have a good time and I want to go on holiday and I want to take some time off and I want to do something that people are so scared to do, which is live life. Like Mm. I want to do that. I want to eat the cake. I want to drink the wine with my family in the sunshine on holiday. I want to do that. So I'm going to step back a little bit, go at about 40, 50%. And then you get back and you're like, okay, well, I've got that holiday coming up. So I'm just going to ramp it up to 90% for a little while, put the, put the foot on the pedal and go for it. Like that is fine. Like, and I think yeah. it's definitely a mindset thing though. Like a lot of thing, a lot of the time I'm working with women on this whole, I'm a hundred percent in or I'm naught percent out. And gotcha. it's just not, a sustainable way of living is it no no and i love that and that, that is the problem it's like you say you're either on or you're off you're on yeah. or you're off. and i think this kind of segues nicely but i think this is where a good pt or what you've created which is this community which i think yeah. is is crucial because tribe accountability um yeah. you know and we, we live in isolated and live in instagram so let's segue in because obviously you've, you've, you, you did your 13 years at Five Lakes. You, yes. you, you didn't grapevine when you, but I'm going to actually uh, say to you, and if you're any of your community listen to this, that they might, I'm going to ask them to request at least one <laughs> old school aerobics online. It could be online. I'll come and join you and we'll do an aerobics class and roll it back. And never, never roll it out. Like you just said, roll it back. Roll it back, put some tunes on. I'll be up for anything. So, so, I say yes to everything these days. Like, say yes, take the opportunity to grapevine. So you, you spent 13 years and I, I didn't realise you trained with, with pretty much the best in the industry. You know, you, you, yeah. you throw a check out and you throw a Charles Poliquin. You're like, you're talking about the godfathers of the industry, plus yeah. you're applying this stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of your time as well because I know you've got an inst- This is why I had to dive straight on. and We did, we only we'd seen each other for a minute and then we were live is you've got an Instagram live and you soon. So um, let's talk about, let's move it into your, into this, this community you've created. So you stepped away yeah. from five lakes. You've been there 13 years. Talk us through the creation of your tribe and, and what it means. Yeah. Well, I got to a point where I was like, Do you know, my environment is becoming toxic. And um, I felt like I wasn't really being able to do my thing. And um, I was always being watched by a new gym manager or, Five Lakes was um, up for sale all the time. And it was like, I just don't know if this space is where I'm going to be going forward. And I need to think about this. Um, And I just come home one day and I said to my husband, I said, I just don't want to be in that environment anymore. And I need to make a decision on what I'm going to do because I don't want to step out of one toxic environment into another, which was another commercial gym. I said, I just want my own space. That's all I want is my own space. So we did our, our research and I just converted my garage into my own gym. And I was like, do you know what? If it doesn't work out, I'll find a unit somewhere and I'll do it differently. And, you know, it'll be seven years this year that I've been here and it was the best thing I ever did because I got to do my real thing. Like these four walls have heard a lot of secrets. <laughs> like it's just me. And a client or me and two clients or me and a husband and wife or whatever. And um, it is super special to me. And I got to do what I truly wanted to do. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, right, I can't do any more hours than what I'm doing, but I have so much to give. I was like, I have so much more that I want to give to more people. I was like, there has to be a way 
that I can coach more people um, without completely whacking myself out and doing all the hours under the sun. And that's when I tirelessly spent a whole summer um, and it was, it was pretty grueling, I'm not going to lie, um, writing my online membership site. And there were three in the morning jobbies where I couldn't sleep because I was like, I need to write that thing that I want to put into the membership site and I want to do this and I want to do that. And um, my whole heart and soul went into it. And my toolbox basically went bleh, into an online platform. And I launched that in 2018. Um, and the first year was rocky. It was like that transition of face-to-face to online, which is not easy. Like, it's really hard. Um, and then lockdown hit. And it was like, oh, my God, thank goodness I set this up for number one. Um, and that's when I really wow. found my groove with online and, and realised that I can help a lot of people. I mean, I, I would just say I, I a good friend of mine um, – we used to teach together for a training provider and he, uh, City of London, Fitness First actually worked. He's been there years, yeah. John. John, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a really qualified lad and, it, and he picks his own hours. But he came on the podcast and talked about the challenges because he'd always been yeah. face-to-face, just kind of yeah. structured his day. His prices were high. He had set clients and then lockdown came. I mean, wow. So for you, did you find that you, you, you attracted more? Did your revenue base go up and your membership go up as a result of lockdown, I assume. I have to say, I'm like super grateful for lockdown. I think it opened women's eyes to the power of having an online program because I constantly had women saying, I haven't got time. Um, I don't know how I'm going to fit coming to see you. Um, I can't get to that place at that time because of the children or the children are sick, therefore I can't train. Or my husband's home late from work. I can't make it. And then lockdown hit. And it was like, we can do one-to-ones on Zoom. Or you can come and join my membership site. Be part of something. Make friends. Be part of this community where we're going to keep each other sane during this time. Mm -hmm. And people were like, mind blown by the fact that they could exercise with their children in the kitchen. They could exercise when their children were sick. They could exercise when when things went wrong, um, really. And it really did help grow my membership and opened people's eyes to what an online platform can actually do for them. And um, so I am pretty grateful for lockdown as yeah. it definitely helped me grow my online business for sure. And if someone was to, to sign up, because I mean, this online business, this is open to anyone like globally. You could be in Tanzania, listen to this yeah. podcast. And you, could, you yeah. could get involved. So I know that there is a 20-day a transformation. So you offer this program for 20 days a year. And how often does that run? Twice? So it runs in January and it runs in September. And, okay. um, so this it's is, and it's 20 pounds, isn't it, for 20 yeah. days? 20 pounds yeah. for like that. It's catchy. It's my favourite. I love doing that course. And it gives people an opportunity to experience this, this yes. online platform. But just... Just describe for listeners what this platform looks like. You know what, how you know uh, how, when they navigate it, what they can expect. Well, I think lots of people want this all singing, all dancing app, don't they? Mm. And I think this is where I'm a bit old fashioned, maybe. But I quite like that you have a login, a password, and you open it up, and there's sections you can click on, and there's eBooks, and there's things you can download, videos you can watch, and it's. I quite like the whole desktop thing. Some people don't, but of course you can log in on a phone as well. But I've steered away from an app a little bit because I just think it becomes a little bit faceless. And and we've got that we stare so mindlessly at that all day anyway. I think think you're right. People want a a big screen where they can look. So there are e-books. What's the the e-book about? What's that? There's loads of them. So I've had some members that have been members for three years now since the day it opened. So I'm constantly updating it and constantly putting new stuff on there. So sometimes when a newbie joins, they're like, wow, there's so much information. And I'm like, just break it down like the nutrition section and the training section that's your thing right now but there's different sections there's nutrition there's training there's mindset there's resources there's 
so much stuff on there and there's recipe books and the training programs unlock monthly so um the training programs are my favorite bit like women learn to love this bit it's just about a learning thing but they've all got different names and they're all about they're all functional training programs that you can do from home basically right. and they're periodized so that each month yeah. it gets harder each month they challenge themselves a bit more each month it progresses so that unlocks monthly and um and yeah and then there's this amazing forum of women that is like a family it is like a big safe non-judgmental space that that women just absolutely love and I love that they've made friends like there's there'll be someone in Durham and someone in Devon and they've made friends and they organize to see each other and it just lights me up that we're making connections and there's this big support system on there and you know I post challenges in there I'm live in there all the time oh you do you, so you do you do lives in there as well right. I'm in there all the time so every week I, I do a zoom for everyone just where they can come in fire questions at me ask what they need help with that sort of thing and I do a couple of live workouts a week as well. Um, that that's where you do, that's where you do your, your aerobics class. That which you I do with. not do a grapevine. You might do <laughs> that. You might do. I'm going to have to ask them <laughs> now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They'll probably say yes as well. Well, you know, it's it's fun. It, it gets and cognitively it will challenge them. The nervous system is a different input, so you know, proprioceptively they're going to be challenged. Um, it it sounds amazing, and and it's what really I get, cool. I mean, I'm, I've just. I've just set up my own corporate well-being thing, so I'm going in and I love teaching, that. teaching courses, basically, um, like I've That's done super. for for train drivers. What I love about it is, like you just said, it's uh, it's an opportunity to just go. Okay, I've been learning all this stuff for yeah. 20 years, and here's my opportunity to throw it at you. And what I've found with teaching courses, even fitness courses, I've been doing this 10 years, PT courses, Pilates courses, whatever, yeah. is just standing up in front of people and. Want to, want to understand something, teach it to somebody else. The podcast yes. is just a way of verbalizing your thoughts and ideas yes. and, 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 and teaching courses. And, and what it also does, I suppose, is it, it keeps you learning, it keeps you humble because yeah. people ask you questions. But it's also, I think you, you strike me as a very similar character. It's like you've done all this training. It's just I love learning new stuff and absorbing. And I love it. Actually, it was something you said on a podcast, again, I resonated with, which was kind of like, you get to a stage as a, as a, a fitness professional, a, a, a wellness professional where, yes, there's always stuff you can learn. You can go into the minutiae about stuff. But yep. fundamentally, for most people, there's some foundations that most people, low-hanging fruit that people need to adopt. But yep. changes within yourself, so just improving as a person. So for me, yep. whether or not it's meditation or it's NLP or it's some coaching or it's it's just my journey it might be therapy I've had over yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. And just understanding stuff, even stuff, it can sound a bit out there, but uh, my wife's a diversity and inclusivity and equality officer in her school. So she reads lots of books oh, around that. She's, a, she's an economics teacher. So I read stuff like that. And people go, why do you read that? I go, because I'm just, I'm, you know, I just think learning in any capacity and, and becoming a better person. Yes. Learn about yourself and challenges. So what, what, is there anything you've been doing that's maybe a bit outside the scope of, of the fitness space, but stuff yeah. that's made you uh, more, you know? So, so I think um, I did a lot of business stuff over, um, over lockdown. A lot oh, of yeah. kind of learning. Mm. I, I had lots of mentors within business and I love that, like opening your eyes to the opportunities that are out there for you and like, goal setting around your personal life because I've always been very business minded it it's my 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 business is my baby I always say like my first baby is my business and then I had two more babies I was like and I love them all and I was never willing to give up my first baby once I had my babies and some mums found that quite difficult but like a lot in, in lockdown I did a lot of business stuff and um and I really enjoyed that um but I think personal development has definitely been a game changer for me and I've spent tens of thousands on it so much on myself because I don't know about you but I just don't feel like 
I got to a point where I was like, how am I going to help people overcome this stuff if I need to overcome this myself? And so, and that's where I had another mentor and I did another intensive course um, with a really cool um, couple that actually, they live in Abu Dhabi. Ah, very good. Yes. Very good. And I, I did a course with them and that was all very NLP kind of letting go of these things that you do on a daily basis that are not serving you and absolutely love that. Um, I'm always open to new things. I want, I'm a learner like you. Like I get yeah. twitchy, really twitchy when I haven't learned something new and I'm definitely getting twitchy at the moment where I'm like, right. I need to go and do, a, I need to go and spend a day with my brain. I need to go and do that. And I think, yeah. Yeah, growth mindset you're talking about here, Vicky. And, and some yeah. people are and some people aren't. And I'm exactly the same. I, I say to my wife, you know, this is what I love about this industry is that, you know, you just want to move into a different direction. You want to learn, you want to learn something else that you can add on that might serve your, your clients yeah. better because Definitely. fundamentally... And this is not saying, you know, you stay in your lane, your scope of practice, you know, I'm not going to become a clinical psychologist. It takes too long to do that. But yeah. when people arrive and they turn up and they say, I've come, I want to train, I want to get fit, I want to, you know, get, get in shape. I want to feel better. There are lots yeah. of reasons for that. And I think sometimes as fitness professionals, the more aware we are of mental and physical well-being, as I said before, we're in a position then to, to signpost out, to refer people out, to be more yeah. empathetic. Uh, have more empathy more compassion and and again i think it boils down to the more you learn the less judgmental you are now i had no idea yeah. i knew you'd done some courses but i had no idea until i hopped onto this call who you trained with so i mean yeah. you know if there are people listening and they're thinking oh resistance training it's like i can say i mean i haven't done any polycrine or check courses but i've been in the industry long enough and i've worked with a lot of people that have done is sure. it you you've pretty much You've trained with the best. Um, yeah. you've, 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 you've given it to other people. And actually, I was going to, there's one of the questions I had actually, like just around paradigm shift. So if there was anything that, and this is that someone put a post on Instagram today, like just fessing up to stuff that they believed they knew and they'd learned that it was wrong. Um, anything that you used to say back in the day that you look back on now and go, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't so cool, that you've changed your mind around? I think, I, I think definitely. I was a big believer that more was better. And I think as I've got older and as I've learned more and I've experienced more, not just with myself, but with others, like less is more all the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Like, come on, train three times a week, but train really, really well. And that's going to win over training six or seven times a week, every time. Hundred percent, and I, I would, I would say for me, it was um, the value of walking. So I, oh like my god, neat, non yes. non exercise activity thermogenesis, neat. I was like, I, I love it. I bet that's like some client says to me, like a guy that I train twice a week. I see him; it's a busy guy, and he's been away, and he's come back. I think he was in Saudi, he was somewhere business. Come back, didn't get to the gym, didn't do anything. He said, but I hit twelve thousand steps today. I went, that's massive, mate. That's massive. Yeah. So that is one of the huge things, and. And then, do you know what? The other thing is nutrition. I've, I was quite dogmatic for a while. I think it was teaching and I was listening to dogmatic people around nutrition. And I'm, yeah. just, I'm just more open-minded now. I'm yeah. less judgmental about what people want to do. Yeah. If you want to do intermittent fasting, it doesn't – like I've just I've – just, and it's so – such a relief to actually let go of that stuff and realize yeah. that we're different and that – you know, I think nutrition is very personalized and the more tech improves. I think they're yeah. talking about those 24-hour glucose monitors you can have on yeah. people's responses to, to different food. Well, one person will get an, like a glucose spike to ice cream, another person won't. So, um, yeah, so I think being less dogmatic. But the one for me was walking. I just yeah. used to waste the time. You've got to do it's your 45 thing. minutes of cardio. So, I'm so. a big advocate of walking and yeah. I've had some people say to me, but but why would I go for a walk when I've got nowhere to go? And I'm like, ah, it, yeah. I, I, I'm with you on the walking thing because I probably, it, it's a good point because I think you can be gym fit and then you can be all round fit. And I do yeah. think movement and your, your daily need is very high up there. 
it comes alongside going to the gym. It's so important, like getting outside, getting away from your desk cognitively. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And also uh, from a mobility standpoint, though, you know, locomotion, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, sp- spiral of the foot, uh, eversion, inversion of the foot, ankle, tibial torsion, uh, rotation yeah. through the hips, thoracic spine, shoulder girdle. It's like, and I say to clients quite often, I go, if there's one pattern of movement you want to be able to do pretty well till the day you die, it's walk. And so yes. if, you don't, if you don't walk, I said, your feet are going to get OA and you're going to end up with osteoarthritis in your feet and your gait changes. And it's like, it's a game changer. You know, lift weights, do that. Keep your bone density up. Walk. walk. Keep your legs strong so you don't fall over. Eat some fruit and vegetables. Enjoy yourself. Have a glass of wine. Keep yeah. smiling. Keep yeah. smiling. And you'll be all right. And also, I would finish with this one, Vicky, and also sign up to, what's it called, your program? <laughs> if you're a female, that's the last thing I'd say. Make sure you sign up to your female. Uh, Vicky PT. Vicky PT. Online membership site. Vicky PT. Online membership site. Get on there. The girl's been at it <laughs> 20 years, right? She's from Essex. She knows her stuff. Check qualified. Holocaust qualified. She's all over it. Um, so, yes, I think that's probably enough. Um, I've I loved it. If, what a great any of your, if any of your listeners are listening to this podcast, I'm going to hold you to this. Let me know on Instagram. I want to see a post of Vicky at home, not saying she's got to do cardio. Great vining it up for her online. Great vining it up. Yes, excellent. I might even call some leg warmers. Oh, she's all <laughs> over it. So, Vicky PT, a.k.a. Vicky Marks, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure.